I have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another big edition of the Two Units Podcast. Route One Racing again this weekend from Flemington in the form of the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. We'll also preview races at uh, Morfittville in the spec segment. We have the Sultan Supper, Pack Your Nags, our carryover champ, Jack, is back for unit of the week, and uh, we ran out the show with our two units, our best bets from around Australia. My name's Nick Foote. Joining me is the great man, the Sultan. Saltsy, welcome to the show, my friend. Footy, good to be here, mate. And, and now I know what it feels like for you each week to feel like you're in the presence of silver screen royalty because <laughs> you're fresh from... Uh, Hosting duties today at layback with Betfair as mm. well. And, mate, you're just absolutely flying. I'm looking forward to watching a little bit later. Yeah, thanks, mate. It was it was great to work with highly respected form analysts for once in Jules. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I still, like you were a motor. You know what I, I liked, though? I still managed to – you can take the boy out of two units, but I still managed to get a couple of Adam Sandler gags in and, Ju- <laughs> yeah, and Jules Valance got on the O'Doyle rules bandwagon with me. <laughs> yeah, so no, he's, he's one of us, mate. He's one yeah, of us. Yeah, beautiful, but, beautiful. But thanks for that, brother. I can't wait. We've got a big episode and we've got some bloody good racing to cover in this show as well. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. It is salt and supper time, and this is where we just invite great performances from the week gone by. They get a seat at the table or anyone we feel fit that deserves that seat. And the first thing I want to bring up this episode, Salts, is it was remiss of us last week not to mention it, is we've just purchased... A beautiful uh, new Philly mare. Mare, yeah, <laughs> mare. Yeah, mare four, isn't she? I'm going mm. real well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Win Tilly with Reese Because it would have been good because you could say Win Tilly the Philly. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, so she is four. I was unsure if she was three or four. Um, with Reese Goodwin, who is lightly raced, a little bit upside, and she sold up pretty quickly. And I'm looking forward to expanding our ownership and our Two units bloodstock salt city a little bit. <laughs> a little People bit. couldn't see the inverted commas. Yeah, there. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I forget. I'm, I'm addicted to the screen now, mate. The screen. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be good fun, and we're expanding beyond Aubrey, aren't we? And uh, it, mm. it'll be great to race with Reese. He's a he's a terrific young trainer on the rise. So looking forward to that, and there'll hopefully be some more opportunities. Uh, you know, providing this is successful, Saltsy. But yeah, just wanted to bring old Reesey boy to the supper, who's a good fella. He's a great bloke, Reese, and that mare will be winning races, mark my words. Hey, something that I am addicted to, and I do quite a lot, is getting in YouTube holes. <laughs> but I get in YouTube holes, like, I just go through phases where I'll pick a band and I'll just watch, like, heaps of acoustic performances mm-hmm. from those bands because I love, you know, voices of the 90s. Scott Weil and early 90s, Axl Rose, not as much as them, but even like Bon Jovi live, mm. Richie Sambora, beautiful voices, Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan, the list goes on. And the best thing about YouTube is that, I should remiss of me not to mention Lane Staley, 
Alison Chains, absolute superstar. <laughs> the best thing about the YouTube comments is they are so wholesome mm. and positive. I love watching a YouTube video and flicking through the comments because almost exclusively every single comment is someone that's like-minded like you mm. watching the same thing for the same reason and commenting on like what that song means to them or what memory it is for them or something good about the singer or the artist or something. Are you, are and it's you, just beautiful. Are you telling me there's a place you can go on the internet that's nice? Yeah, I, exactly right. I can't. It's not like Instagram or in particular Twitter where everything just turns into an argument. Yep. This is just like-minded people sending positivity. So the YouTube comment section is fantastic. There's another tube comment section that's actually all also quite um entertaining as well. I believe it's Red Tube. <laughs> <laughs> You've left a few reviews there too, I'm sure. So that's, that's good. Wholesome salts here on your Thursday afternoon. Mm. Mate, I'm uh, I'm bringing along Andy um to the supper this week. He is uh, at Andy the Mexi, and he's a huge fan of the Sultan. Now, whatever racing.com oh, or anyone posts, <laughs> Andy always replies. And this bloke <laughs> is obsessed with you, and it's borderline harassment. But <laughs> his latest one was uh, there was a bit of a tweet here from .com about uh, Benny Asgari and Sultan doing the form for Ladbrokes Park on Saturday. Likely as part of the analyzer there, and he's just replied with, "I follow everything related to racing just because of you." And if you delve into this bloke's profile, you're going to see appendage that you should not be seeing on Twitter. It is an absolute disaster. But Andy's coming to the supper, and he'll he'll come the week that I'm not there. Salts, you know. My so. mates are calling him Andy the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> if you see his first video, oh, he's nah. using his penis as a propeller. Oh. Now, off, was, that like, oh, was that like meat spin back in the day? Did you ever have that? Nah. Uh, oh, my. Was that like wristwatch? It was like um, there was this website that you'd get sucked into in, in high school and the guys would be like, hey, hey, footy, hop on, hop on meatspin.com. It's this awesome website. And you'd go <laughs> on and it'd just be an absolute helicopter and the sound <laughs> would be, you spin me right round. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it was it was good gear salts. It was good nah, gear. I gave Meatspin a wide berth, but I'm also giving Andy a wide berth too because, look, whatever way you're inclined, that's, that's up to you. But it's not my way. And I just saw too many of them. I was like, You've got to go, Andy. I had to get rid of him. There was too much appendage. There was just far too much appendage. And to be honest, it was no good for my self-esteem because it was massive too. (laughs) What else have you got coming to the supper? Mate, I got asked for ID at Dan Murphy's last Saturday. Can you believe that? Yeah, it, I well, I know because you've already told me, and it's, and it's terrific. <laughs> do you want to um, perhaps the kicker for this salts? Do you want to tell the listeners what you might have been purchasing at Dan Murphy's? Yeah, look, I might go down a few rungs, but I was going to a mate's house, so I wanted to mix it up and be able to have a few more cans than normal. So I got a few alcohol free, the big drops, and mm. she, and I got a four pack. And she asked me for ID, and I said they don't even have any alcohol in them. And then she goes. Oh, even if you buy chips from here, you need to show ID. Oh, and I was thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, that's got to be fake news. Yeah, well, there you go. That that is that is terrific. But you are a bloody young, good looking rooster salt, so I don't I don't blame them for asking you to see some identification there. And mate, I got your back with the zeros. I was I was on them recently, uh, in my in my New Zealand 
trip and they go down an absolute treat, a stunt double. I don't mind them because I do, I do I do enjoy a beer myself. Um, I think that rounds out the supper for this week. So <laughs> let's get let's get off our long run here and uh, head into our favourite segment. Threaten me with violence. This is this club championships. Harness, energy, block, bad. This thing- Why are you getting up on us, you dumb if I feel there's a need to address and something, I will do was? that. Psycho. Psycho like a What's going on? Packing eggs time and salts. I'm on. I'm on that many shows at the moment. This is. I'm just repeating my <laughs> material, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but the the one thing I'm sending packing this week, it's a little bit different. It's it is in relation to the Super Bowl, and it's Aussie's relationship to the NFL. Now, personally, I know. Probably a handful of people that are are genuinely into the NFL and follow it week to week. Now, what I'm sending packing is the Australians that think it's okay to go and chuck a big Super Bowl party, take the Monday off work. Look, if you want to drink beers at 10 a.m. on a Monday morning, I'm not going to stop you, but don't make up that you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan to do so. So I'm sending Aussies that are bandwagoners and jumping on board packing. I hate NFL. No offense to anyone that likes it, but I can't stand it. Pretty much all American sports. I reckon they're trash. Yeah. I don't watch any of them. They can get stuffed. And speaking of the NFL, <laughs> something that happened following the NFL that as a person that loses their cool watching sport pretty much weekly, really? this stuff is sacrilege. You cannot do what this particular person has done. So... There was a video that went viral, global and trending, of a guy completely smashing his TV off the wall oh, I saw this. after the, the final kick went through for whatever team he'd backed mm. to win the Super Bowl loss. And he was, he was going off his he was speaking just absolute gibberish. He's going, man, this is, that was my bet, man. I had too much <laughs> money on that man. And he was smashing the TV. He was going off his head and... And it was, it was kind of funny because he was just so angry. And I just love, you know, I've had mates smash TVs <laughs> when, um, what I, when, when Connor beat Jose Aldo, one of my mates smashed our TV off the wall. And we're like, mate, we were going for Connor. <laughs> was, that sort the, of celebra- yeah. was that the first couple of seconds, the knock? Yeah. <laughs> what, what sort of celebration is that? We didn't <laughs> even <laughs> lose. But it's turned out that this guy has like 9 million followers on Instagram. And, and it was ha- like a and it was a prank. Ham- hammed it up. Yeah, it was a prank, That's- and it's gone global. You you do not fake emotion like that with sport because anyone that has felt emotion with sport and lost in that particular way, like if you went for that team that lost, I didn't watch any of their game, but I saw how they lost. How they lost. That is a fair and reasonable reaction. Mm. So you shouldn't fake that because it's insensitive to the people that actually care. Mm. It's like faking an illness. It's not on. <laughs> absolutely livid at it. I don't mind it. But co- further to that, content creators that just like they these reels pop up all the time. Oh. People just they're so staged and crap. It's like and they've always got like two point one million views. Yeah, the ones yeah. that are staged that are like giving away things or like being oh. extra nice and stuff. Walk, walking oh, up and ta- walking up and tapping someone on the shoulder in the supermarket and paying for their paying for their groceries. It's like, yeah, cool, that's nice, but you you're actually not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself, you selfish. You prick. <laughs> yeah, good call. Yeah, cop that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day as a whole can get in the bin. There's been a couple of um, 
that just pack your nags. It can just, I think the corporate giants, I think we even, I sent this packing last year, the corporate yeah, giants <laughs> for them, I'm running back over it. But more importantly, I know how you feel about Valentine's Day. And then you've got, you've been asked by the great man, Matt Hill, how you feel about Valentine's Day. And this is how it played out. Yeah, with our two young bucks in the studio here today. What's the plans tonight, uh, Dan? Uh, your little heartbreaker. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what's happening on this Valentine's Day? No, nah, very quiet, Hilly, for me. Um, no Valentine this year, so okay. be heading home after a, a big morning yeah. at track work and then in here and yeah. be off to bed pretty early. And, Dave, they no tell news. me you're a, a couple of steps away from being on bended knee. Is that true? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where you're getting your mail from, but my... My sort of modus operandi towards Valentine's Day is that, um, you know, every day should be Valentine's Day. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I mean, it brings a tear to the eye, really. <laughs> uh, how philosophical you can be at times, Sultan. Uh, magnificent. Uh, Matt Hill's called your bluff there. Can I just defend myself? Uh, what I'm saying is if, if you've got a romantic partner, you shouldn't need a particular day on the calendar to, to show your feelings. You should be able to be nice... To the 364 other days. His sense, sensitive salts. I I like that. Hey, one thing in that one thing in that recording that's just completely underrated is Dan Cobby just talking about how lonely his Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the great. Nah, it, it, trust me, it's he, one of the he'd, he'd be taking the piss. He would have been. He would have been having a selection of many. I reckon <laughs> that would have been lined up. How good. But speaking of that, racing.com posted it and it got some traction but your comment calling me a flog nearly got the same amount of likes as the actual video itself yeah and the flog was in your mind because i'd sent a, an urban dictionary so this is the urban dictionary of flog someone who is disliked by a person or public because they lack any credibility and try to remain relevant within circle certain circles but comes across as a moron example that four-eyed purple-headed warrior of a journalist is the biggest flog associated with the AFL. That's so cruel. So I've been worried. Oh, yeah, that's no. you, if you went in, if, if Damo went in and, and read that Urban Dictionary, you'd be flat out. You'd but, be flat with yourself. Yeah. It actually was front of mind because of that Urban Dictionary um, yeah, exactly. That yeah. you sent to me. So, mm. uh, yeah, you are a flog. Now, a couple of other things. I'm copping it here because, look, now that I've finished teaching, I can say this, that a couple of kids that might attend the school that we went to, if you happen to be listening, boys, you're absolute dweebs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming for you because they've got on the TikTok comment section mm. of one of our TikToks and absolutely gone to town on me. One of them said that I'm a terrible PE teacher. <laughs> and the other one got on there and said, having had been taught by both of them, Foot's better than street law. Yes. <laughs> That's so good. Mate, I don't even remember those kids. Um, I remember all. I remember everyone I taught. Nah, I don't remember them. It's not my... They obviously just didn't like being challenged and trying to better themselves. Look, it's not my fault that your primary school PE teachers couldn't teach you how to catch <laughs> and you just weren't up to standard. <laughs> They must have been more of a fan of my pedagogical uh, model that I was <laughs> delivering in the classroom. So it's, you know, that's 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 fine. But uh, I love that you haven't really let something, you know, be taken to heart by a fourteen-year-old, and you've you've been able to move <laughs> on with your week. So that's really good to see, mate. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice addition. Hey, huge group one uh, edition of Salt Specs on the other side of this. 
Having a bet on sport or racing this week? Top this. With literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you covered. Whether you're into soccer, cricket, basketball, or want to try your hand on the horses, harness, or even greyhounds, there's something for everyone. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, listeners. It is now time for Salt Specs, and we're going to preview races at Flemington. We'll talk about the feature race at Rose Hill Gardens, the Hobartville Stakes. Uh, we've got a couple of tips at Morfordville, but before we get into Saturday's racing, we do have a Friday night card at the Valley, and Salts and I, ambassadors for Mooney Valley Racing Club, let's call it, we are hosting the Young Members Night there tomorrow night, Salts. I'm looking forward to getting out our reverse fake IDs, rolling in <laughs> to the Young Members and having some fun, mate. But you actually have uh, a play there tomorrow night in, in race seven, which is the listed race over 2,500, uh, a really nice horse that you're keen on. Yeah, hopefully the crowd is a little bit different to last time so we can just use some of the same jokes. They obviously loved us so much that they waited a year to invite us back. But <laughs> I'm having a few bets on the night, but the one I'll speak about here is the Tawny Night Cup, 2,500 metres, the feature of the night, race seven. And I'll I'll back one, save on the other. I'm going to save on Swords Drawn, who just got given none last start, shuffled right back in a benchmark 100 and ran the fastest last 200 metres of the race. But complete forgive job senior jockey goes on expect some positivity but the one debates the toppy mm-hmm. person he's clearly the class horse of the race he had excuses at flemington last start the two prior harry coffee was running him a treat in much harder races than this like this is an off-season race he's off a little freshen up but he tried over 1550 meters at cranbourne between runs big gap back to third the runner-up was melbourne cup winner gold trip who was Hard ridden and Persan was in cruise control. He goes to the front again for Harry Coffey, dictates. And the one chalk stream, look, it's owned by the king, but I think it might sweat up in the mounting yard like. Um, <laughs> are we going Wiggles concert again? Or are we- <laughs> nah, okay. like Prince Andrew. <laughs> Sweats up like Prince Andrew, and, and not the time when he couldn't sweat. Oh, no. For those three years when he just happened to not be able to sweat, an absolute sweaty pedo. Now, I'm not calling Chalkstream a sweaty pedo, but what he does do is he mixes his form and he has to go right back. He relished a fast tempo at Warwick Farm last start, but he was 21 bucks and too short. Yep. <laughs> Love that. That Persan jump out was an absolute ripper. Yeah, wasn't uh, it? So it's uh, $3.60 for Persan and swords drawn $5.50. So a little two-bet approach at the Valley tomorrow night for Young Members Night Feet two units at flemington now well group one racing mate i'm excited for this card and we'll be having a bit of a lunch together you and i throughout the day so we'll be able to sit Mm. down and watch the races a few of us getting together which which should be fun we'll also have beery there as well for our group one pissing contest we'll be able to rib each other and watch that live together but the rail is in the true position and the weather looks pretty good mate do you expect the track to be pretty fair i do Yep. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, I love it. Um, race number one, mate, is where you're going to kick off proceedings. It's a benchmark 84 over the mile, and you're just going to spec a couple of value. Yeah, a lot of horses here come through the same race. We're talking Lyrical Lad, Rambler Rebel, Monarch of Egypt, Serious Liaison. They all come through the same race at Mooney Valley last night over 1,500 metres. Lyrical Lad was second up. He 
uh, clocked the fastest last 400 meters of the race, but he was literally never tested. So third up 1,600 meters, gets a senior jockey on. Jamie Mott has a terrific record on board, nine starts, four wins. Drawn out, I don't mind, barrier nine, just plonks him in the in the running line. Mm. And he's a winner at Flemington. So I think he's good value at, at double-figure odds. I'll have something on him. And, and through that same race, Monarch of Egypt, he was well-backed, 61 into 26, two back at Sandown, behind stablemate Worsfold. But, geez, once he got a gap, he burst clear. And as opposed to a few others in the race, like... Um, lyrical lad and serious liaison from last start. Monarch of Egypt was sort of held up for him a little bit top of the straight, but was able to wind up in the concluding stages, but did run the fastest last 200 metres of that race. He looks desperate to get to a big track. Mm. So I'm going to have something on the both of them, the two so and Mon- the six. Monarch of Egypt at $9, lyrical lad at 12 bucks, might I say as well, Salts, with the Magnus Bellagio form that just continues to just pop up everywhere. Gentleman Roy in the group one last week, stiff, but <laughs> he's that has lived on that form line that we just uh, joke about constantly. Elite form line. It's an elite form line. Hey, mate, there's one runner I just, I, I'm going to just spec on, just have a, have a small bet on the win here, and that is the top weight Carlisle at 21 bucks. I feel like this guy just continually gets forgotten about. He's he's won three of what his last five runs at odds of sort of 11 to 1, 21 to 1, 21 to 1 again. And he lobs here at 21 to 1 this time. And he hasn't done a lot wrong, to be fair. So I'm just going to spec him at a price, Jared Fry on board for uh, Johnny Maloney. So that's going to be my play in race one at just a little bit of a price there, mate. Uh, race number three is uh, the Talender. It's for the two-year-olds over 1,100, mate. And again, shopping around. Yeah, I'm keen to be against Amur here. I don't even have him on my first four. Now, you're a brave man here, Salts, to take on a two-year-old that's wearing a blue jacket at this time of the year. Yeah, and it's got James McDonald too, but he's all, he's already drifted 440 out to five, mm-hmm. and he's two from two. So he's, he's doing what he needs to do, but he's not doing anything on the clock, and he's he's not doing anything from an overall figures perspective. So I just can't have him mm-hmm. at, as favourite. The one that I like is for Peter Moody, Ginger and Pink. Now, she drew out far outside on debut at sale and actually jumped probably the best of them, but was snagged right back. The The race was dominated on speed by Tiz Enough, who, who just won in a hand can to look smart for the Freedmans, but Ginger and Pink won, ran the fastest last 200 metres of the day, gave Meg's Magic a cold there, and, and that filly has a mule form as well. Dan Stackhouse takes a ride, won't be negative. Now, I'm not sure exactly why Dan Stackhouse takes a ride over Jamie Carr, who rides Princess Do Hallow, but having mm. been trackside at sale last start, when Jamie came back to scale, I will just say that Peter was not happy. Oh. Peter was not happy, Jan. Okay. So, was not happy that Ginger and Pink was has it, been dragged back. Was it Blake McDougall not happy or just this is a this is a bad day at sale not happy? It, it was 10 minutes to calm down not happy. Oh, okay. That's, so, that's yeah, so the horse probably wasn't ridden to instruction is what I garnered from you... that. And I think that um, Dan Stackhouse won't make that same mistake. He'll try and be positive. Yeah, cool. Because that, that was going to be my question around mm. inside draw straight. Yeah. How do you assess well, back for the two-year-olds, it's, it's actually not, 
not the worst thing. Okay. They often come down that that rail, don't they? They don't go up the middle of the track because yeah, they all they're a bit run green. around like drunk sailors. <laughs> they're a bit green and they like yeah. to find something to guide them. It's a, mm. it's a really good call. Uh, so Ginger and Pink, eight bucks fifty. They're in race number three. Uh, mate, you just keep tipping up a storm here because we're going to race four. Jeez, you like this card, Salty. It is a benchmark 84 over 2,000, and you're once again a Salty 2-bet. I do. I hope some of them win. <laughs> <laughs> They're always oh, a nicer so... card when they win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like two out of the same race here. The, the Aaron Bay, an independent road out of the same race at Mooney Valley last start, one by eight, no deal done. And that was a fast race, so... Both of these had excuses. Aaron Bay, he faced the breeze early. He then got flushed out early. But then when he got flushed out, he lost his spot, got dragged back, held up, and then hit the line. Now, that was with Madison Lloyd riding. Zach Spain takes over. They'll be positive. Senior goes on. That was also his first go at 2,000 metres, and and he definitely ticked the box. So he can win. An independent road is, is a horse that he doesn't win out of turn. But he doesn't mind Flemington. He's got a good record at Flemington. And he just did a lot of work early on that fast tempo. He faced the breeze the whole way. And then he hit the front very early. I thought he stuck on really well. He is ready to go forward and get gutsy for Jai McNeil. I love that. That's great. So your two plays there in race four, Aaron Bay. And we're looking at, what, seven bucks? Let me just – I've lost me – Little odds here, Salty. I'll say six fifty. Six fifty, spot on. Six dollars fifty. An independent mm. road at eight bucks there for the Hayes boys and Jai McNeil on board. Yepers. Yepers. Yep. Yep. do. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, race number seven. It's the Group One Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Wait for age a thousand meters. Jeez, this looks. I'm so excited about this. This. This race. We've got just a host. Well, everyone's first up. Bar fire, who's second up, but any old odds. So um, we've got old. fresh, yeah, that, that guy. We've got <laughs> fresh horses on the scene everywhere. The way I sort of assess this race is it's progression versus regression because you've got the absolute champ in Nature Strip, the world's best sprinter, lobbing here as two dollar ten favourite. Then you've got some pretty promising progressive types. You've got uh, the likes of Buenos Noches. Cool and Gatta, who she's a genuine 1,000-meter horse, I think. Um, Rabi, six years old, but still untapped and continues to elevate. So how are you assessing this race, Salts, in terms of progression v. regression? Do you want to bet into it? Uh, and who do you have on top for our $100 pissing contest? Nah, it's it's a good just pop your feet up and watch job, isn't it? Because he's the right price, Nature Strip. And look, he is eight years old and he's had 41 starts. So you'd expect he goes downhill at some stage, but is it now? Because he's jumped out really well. We know mm. that he ran flat at the end of last prep, but he just had that different setup with the overseas trip. So you can excuse that. He he deserves to be favorite. I don't want to back him. For our contest though, um, I wish I win. I know his better performances are over further, but he flies fresh. And I, I, I think the target is second up new market. Mm, I spoke to Kath Coleman during the week and she said yeah. that that's the that's the goal. So, yeah. they, so they reckon he's going to be better suited to sprint trips as yeah. opposed to getting out beyond that 1,200, this preparation. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't quite – he had some excuses in the um, the Tourac and then 
he obviously won the Golden Eagle 1,500 metres. But it's an to- extraordinary kickoff for a horse whose last start was the winner of the Golden Eagle over yeah. 1,500 metres. Yeah, but to train him um, to peak second up 1,200 metres, well, he has to be f- nice and fresh, first up 1,000 metres. And I don't think he could have trialled any better. His trial was magnificent. It was behind Cool and Gutter, but I know who I'd want to take out of the trial, and I'm going to have 80 bucks on him to place and mm. 20 to win. Okay, I like that. I'm. That's we're looking at. Yeah, twelve bucks and three ten. And mm. to be honest, Salt, so I'm I'm actually going to bet into the race, and my one hundred dollar betting play will reflect that. And I'm with Marabi. I just I just love this six year old mare. She's well eight starts, seven wins, and every single challenge that's been put in front of her, she's elevated and, and taken it to the next level. And I understand this isn't an Oakley Plate. It's weight for age. It's down the straight, which could be the question mark for her in terms of being a straight track horse. Um, but oh, she's been really good to me. She's there's no signs that say you know jump off, um, trial like a bomb. I, I'm I'm really keen to play her from a one by three perspective. So I'll have twenty five dollars the win, seventy five dollars the place. Marabi at around that nine bucks two sixty. Yeah, the thing with her, obviously, the knock with her is how long she's had off in a high-pressure race. But she did, when she won first up a couple of years ago, she was off 246 days. She put seven lengths on Savannah Cloud. It was a leader's track at Ballarat, but, you know, she's been off lengthy spells before and performed, and she has child well, so mm-hmm. you'd expect her to run well. Yeah. I'll, I'll find out what beer he's backing. He'll probably have something. He'll probably have fire each way or something weird. Who knows? He's, he's still kiss selling. of beery. <laughs> kiss, he's still. Hey, let's kiss of death. Stop, Billy. <laughs> Kill me, Billy. <laughs> so good. Uh, race eight at Flemington. It's a listed, uh, what is it? The listed, is it the Hong Kong Jockeys Club? Yeah, Hong that's Kong it. Jockeys yeah, Club, Hong Elms Club. Handicap listed, 1,400-meter yep. race, mate. You and I like the big potato scallop. Jeez, he's a regular on the two units podcast, this bloke. Mm. Well, you love him because you always used to bet in Queensland and that's where he yeah. he did a lot of damage. Then you, you backed him pretty much every start in Melbourne until he won 1,400 metres Flemington. <laughs> and I jumped off. Yeah. <laughs> and then he looked all the way. Yeah, classic. So that's why I like him because that's classic the biggest intro. figure he's ever run. That was that huge. Won. Yeah. yeah. He did lead that day. He's not going to be able to lead on the weekend, but... He just missed the start, sort of got outsped Gold Coast. He'd only had one trial leading into that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was one of those, so the race got put back like five, six days or whatever. So considering he had one trial, it was like less than ideal for him. Yeah. He's come down here. I think you put a, I'm put, I just put a line through that entire Magic Millions for me. It was just a yeah, debacle. It, was sucks a, eggs. it was a debacle from go to woe. Mm. Yeah. So yeah he's come down and jumped out at Flemington and, and couldn't have jumped out any better. Damien Lane on. Yeah, he's a, he's a price that you can have a bet at. And I think he's, yeah, I'm with you, 7 bucks 50 Scolopini. And I love the way that oh, I talk about him all the time. I've got a little crush on the O'Day hoisted team, but I like how they place their horses down here in Melbourne. You know, Scolopini, even Uncommon James last week, I thought was a touch stiff. Mm. But shooting for gold came down and won stiff, you reckon? group three. Yeah, Why? Because the winning post was 100 metres further yeah, back. Yeah, I, I was celebrating <laughs> 80 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Daytona in this I race, just, I just thought Daytona is way too short. The big dogs came for Uncommon James. He was crunched late, mm. so that's um, oh, he's got big numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of what I'm alluding to. But mm. um, yeah, I, I like the way they play so and I think Scolapini is better suited at 1400 than the 1200 touched yeah, on as well. So um, particularly being an eight year old, so I'm keen there. Hey, let's just duck up to Rose Hill Gardens for a moment. We don't actually have any plays in Sydney, but it'd be. Um, I don't think it would be a very good racing podcast if we didn't talk about the feature in Sydney, which is the Hobartville Stakes Salty for the three-year-olds. And I think the talk's just got to be about aft cabin, doesn't it? So, you know, you're getting $1.50, $1.60 with, uh, I think, $1.50 on top sport at the moment, aft cabin, which is just an outrageous price. Um, he is that good, though, I think. But drawn 11, Tim Clark goes on uh i don't generally get involved with anything at a dollar 50 regardless that's pretty much my blanket rule to be fair so no nah, um, he's he's just yeah. completely stifled the market you're not taking a dollar 50 about a horse drawn the far outside losing james mcdonald no knock on tim clark but james mcdonald's the best jockey in the world yeah so but what he did last start you just have to say well he just wins again particularly at 1400 meters you don't have one trial but I wouldn't tip against him in a million years and I wouldn't back anything else to beat him because I don't know what would. I'm intrigued where he gets to in the run because it's obviously, you know, he's still one run off his grand final and he's drawn 11. So they're not going to want to do too much work and Mm. go too hard too early. So I'll be interested to see if Tim Clark jags him back or pushes forward and tries to land a spot. but Well, um, this is at about 4.40 p.m., so we would have had lunch, and it's about <laughs> the time when people start thinking, should I get reckless? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> I reckon no. we could, we could co- cl- <laughs> clip up this audio next week with some video, I reckon, salts of me. Oh, no, I don't get involved with anything at a dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just scratching on it. Yeah, yeah responsibly, um, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, 1-800-858-858. Uh, Pia is the that's the that's the horse I'm really interested to just see uh, first up, bringing that Group One Kiwi form as well. I, I just don't know how that's going to stack up versus Half Cabin. So it'll be a good race to sit back and watch Salts. I think, mm, but um, definitely, yeah. We certainly won't be betting at the moment into that one, my friend. Uh, Morfittville Parks. I don't think you've had a look at the card there yet, have you, mate? Nah. Well, we're doing. I did the whole meeting for Mooney Valley tomorrow, so it set me back. Okay. Yeah, well. They want to be paying us enough. <laughs> lucky. Lucky I'm here, mate, to pick up the slack. Exactly of right. Well, that's Parks. it. The mayor of Morfordville is here, buddy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hey, race four was a benchmark 86, a handicap over 1,400. Hey, one of our favorites returns. Oh, we second up, but. Um, he returned in great fashion, and that's Royal Mile of the Tropo Oppo and Lee Creek combination. And I also saw that Lee Creek's retired Salts. He's retiring from training. So oh, as, Royal, of when? as of uh, the end of this carnival, and he's relocating to Cairns, I believe. So Royal Mile uh, prepping, I'm not sure what his target is, but Royal Mile next start will likely be his last runner. So uh, I'm going to just for the sake of emotion and, well, I think it's a good bet too, I'm going to get involved with Royal Mile here because his return in the listed Durbridge against some quality gallopers was very good. He uh, had the likes of See You in Heaven, Shimino won the race, Camel Passer was there, and he got in. He got run off his feet early stages, got back, which is understandable um, for a horse that likes further. 
and he got some interference in the straight and he absolutely savaged the line. And Saskatoon's the favorite here and he's the one to run down. And I've been with Saskatoon this prep, but how many more times can he go to the well? I, I think he's mm. been up since <laughs> bloody September. Well, he ran a big October. peak for us and he was dropping in trip. So it's like, oh, can he replicate that? Mm. So I'm going for the, I think, Royal Miles, the class. And he has drawn barrier three. But he can he can step and be handier in the run here. Like he's not going to get run off his feet like he did in that Durbridge against those quality sprinters. So I think gate three, Tropo Oppo will find a nice spot a bit closer to the speed and, and he's going to be the one coming over the top late. And at four bucks fifty, I'm happy to get involved with our old mate Royal Mile for the Lee Creek Oppo Tropo combination, my friend. Yeah, well, he only got out with a hundred meters to go. Mm. in that Durbridge, and he rattled home. The winner of the race, Shimano, mm. has jigsaw form. Yeah. That's so a- if you just heard that in the background, Footy's already cracked on the top of a cold <laughs> one because he thinks the mile is home. And it's he's actually- one of my favourites, and there's a good buddy chance we have something on him as well. Just for the listeners, it's a solo zero, it's, and I thought Royal Mile would be our first crushing moment here today on the two. <laughs> surely that's a, surely that's a sponsorship opportunity. It is solo. We've been Get looking for a second sponsor for like eight years. I know. Actually, let's let's put one out here right now. If you're listening to this, you're a beer sponsor. You kombucha. We don't care. We we will I drink. We will drink petrol. Just anything. Actually, <laughs> petrol's petrol's more expensive than solo. Petrol. Uh, just anything. Get on board. Drop us a line. Nick at twounits.com.au and we'll tee something up. Um, but Royal Miles, our first crushing moment results. I'm on at four bucks fifty. It's <laughs> um, a good one. You can. Oh, this week's first crushing moment. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, very good. We're on to something, mate. I, I, well, I right now I want to have one of those solos so bad, and I. Bet everyone listening wants a lemon crush. Oh, mate, you know how hot this studio gets. We're doing remote today. Mm. You know how hot this studio gets. It's 36 outside, which means it's 72 in here. So mm. that first crush is an absolute ripper. Um, quickly, I've got another tip at Morfittville. Race number six, it's a benchmark 68 over 1250. I like Chicago Storm. Short, short enough, two bucks thirty. But he just beat himself first up. He uncharacteristically stepped slow, uh, missed the kick, let rip late savage the line again will be better for that run he clearly has the most upside out of any of the runners in this field so if he steps i think he wins i'm getting involved with chicago storm in race number six unit Our carryover champ, Jack from New Zealand, returns. Uh, he had Imperatriz last week in the BCD group sprint. What price did he get for that? Um, $3.40. Yeah, and it got absolute. They came for it and it dominated. Great bet. You'd almost be flat if – no, you wouldn't be flat if you owned it, but you'd be a little bit upset the riderless horse wrecked your photo because it was dead set yeah. daylight between – It's like Nature Strip at Royal Ascot. Yep. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yep. So you'd be a little bit flat, but then again, you wouldn't because you've just absolutely blitzed them. So Technology these days, you just get it cut out. Yeah, just cut it out. I like it. Um, so, yeah, good collect last week, carries over. Oh, Jack's someone who I really want to hate, but I can't <laughs> because he's got like this little air of arrogance around him. Like I, I didn't even reach out to him to get his recording and he goes, 
assume you already, <laughs> he goes, assume you're going to ask me for my fill up or something. So here it is. He got on the front <laughs> foot with it already. And he gives, That's good, yeah. and here's, here's what he's got. And I think he gives us a clip here too. Hey boys, I tried to get another one over the line for you this week with your best bet struggling of late. Going to go for a two for this time around. Anavisto, Flemington race five, bomb fresh horse, should find the lead, hold it and win. Into Pierre to place in the Hobartville Stakes, Rose Hill race eight. Ran last start at Pukekohe. Restricted room, finally got out late, ran the fastest last 200 of the race. The winner, Maven Bell, has since come out in the BCD sprint last week in Tarapa and ran behind the likes of Levante and Imperatriz, form franked. That is Anavisto race five Flemington and Pierre to place in Rose Hill race eight. Good luck. Go well. I love it. He's just making up his own rules. He's just yeah. rolling up multis. I don't care. Like when you when we've now we've implemented the carryover champ into the unit of the week. You kind of do well, whatever. They've you earned want. their stripes, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Like yeah. if he wants to have a multi, have a multi. So we got on. It's it's a um Anavisto to win into Pierre. I thought he was going to say Pierre. I was like, no, mate, that's not racing. <laughs> I mean, to Pierre to uh, place in the Hobartville, and that's five dollars twenty-eight. We've taken on Top Sport there, so um, good luck, Jack. We love your work, mate. Hopefully, I just want you to keep coming back because that means you keep winning money for Racing Hearts, who's our charity, and we've already got a thousand and forty bucks in the kitty for them, which is bloody good effort after five or six eps. So good stuff. Um, Time for our best bet, Salts, two units. Uh, My best bet comes in race number five at HQ, the Tony Burke Memorial for the Phillies and Mares over 1,400. And I'm I'm with Jack, our unit. I'm with Ana Visto, two bucks, 45. And she won first up this track and trip last year. I think it was this this exact same race, beating a very similar field. There was a few of the same runners going around and uh, just goes like an absolute bomb fresh. Jack said it Jack said it best. And her latest jump out was outstanding. Went to the line under four grips. Uh, looks raring to go. Uh, no knock on, on Rote to Arataki. She's in a rich vein of form but with winning two on the bounce. But Jamie Carr hopping off her and hopping on to Ana Visto. Yes, please. Keen to be with first up, Salts. Absolutely. I'm, I'm coming with you. Beautiful. Trial goes well fresh. What she did first up last autumn, she completely busted the clock to smithereens. If there was some give in the track, I'd just about unload everything I have on her. Mm. But she can win on good tracks as well as she's done in the past and she's just too classy for them. Yep, perfect. What's your uh, – That's she's not your best though, is she? Nah, 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 mate. Oh, oh, no, okay. My best has got some juice on the bone. Race cool. nine – at Flemington, it's a benchmark 84 over 1,200 metres. And can someone tell me why on earth the Jumbuck went up $7 and Jungle Jim went up $3.50? Because last start to Jumbuck, sat off Jungle Jim, only made him half a kilo worse off today. They both ran a good tempo to the 600 and then the Jumbuck absolutely sailed past him Huge gap back to third. Now, Jungle Jim since went to sale, got the lead, busted them up as the fittest horse was perfectly ridden by Geordie Childs. So he's put a big win on since then. But the Jumbuck's gone back to the jump outs just as he did after a good first up effort. He jumped out super. He's got Blake Shin retaining the ride. He's drawn an outside alley to just stalk the speed, which will probably come down the middle of the track again. 
I, I just can't fathom why he's not favourite. He's twice what price he should be. He's the best of the weekend. Have a bet. And do it responsibly. And just piss yourself when he wins. Because <laughs> that's what pants. I'll do. Piss your own pants. I'll just piss my, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me the jumbuck. There it is. <laughs> Tick. Adam Sandler reference completed. Mm. I love it, mate. Into six bucks already on top sport. And, yeah, you mentioned that. So you're expecting that gap in that market likely to close because Jungle Jim's already getting out to sort of that 360, 370 quote now already. So It just has to. Like, struck by a good markets. horse. But you know, yeah, he's going down the straight. He's a he's a he's a big grade. El Rocco's first up. Red Hawk Nick was good last start at Mooney Valley, but didn't eat up the tempo that these two can. Mm. You can eat up tempos and sprint off them. I don't get it. Maybe it's just because the the stable's not as well known. But I, I expect that he gets whacked and stacked. Love it. Mm. Uh, that's well. That's it, mate. And that rounds out our show for Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Day. As always, gamble responsibly, and uh, we'll be back next week. I think it's what are we blue diamonds next week? So let's see the ra- the good racing just continues. Yeah. One week at a time, though, listeners. A mouthwaterer. Um, oh my, that's the race I'm looking most forward to. Mm. Well, have a good one, mate. I'll see you at lunch on Saturday. See you there, brother. Take it easy. The sound